They say markets work a certain way. They say if you want high returns, you have to accept higher risks. Cox Automotive says, you take the upside, we'll take the risk. Introducing Upside by Cox Automotive, the all new way to wholesale that turns that old wisdom upside down. Visit taketheupside.com to learn more. Welcome to Daily Drive for Monday, November 21st, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Jake Neer, in for Kellen Walker. Today on the show, the possibility of a rail strike is starting to look real. Some Rivian workers complain about safety as the UAW attempts to organize, and VW and Mercedes hit a speed bump with their EV ambitions. Plus, a conversation with Hyundai Global COO Jose Munoz, who says EVs are the future, but hybrids provide an important transition. We see uh, this period as a transition period based on the information we get from our customers. Not all customers are ready to uh, transition to EV in just one shot. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Workers at the largest U.S. rail union voted against a tentative contract deal reached in September. This raises the possibility of a strike in the coming weeks that could cause significant damage to the U.S. economy and threaten auto shipments. Train and engine service members of the Transportation Division of the International Association of Sheet Metal, Air, Rail, and Transportation Workers, or SMART-TD, narrowly voted to reject the deal. Members of another major rail union, the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen, voted to ratify the agreement. The split vote by the two largest unions representing conductors and engineers could put pressure on Congress to intervene to prevent a strike ahead of the holiday season. As the UAW looks to organize Rivian's Illinois plant, at least a dozen employees have accused the electric vehicle maker of safety violations at the facility. That's according to complaints filed with federal regulators. The complaints allege the company ignored known hazards and failed to provide adequate safety resources, leaving some workers to share respirators needed during the manufacturing process. They also detail a range of injuries, including a crushed hand, a broken foot, a sliced ear, and broken ribs. One Rivian employee said management fished damaged electrical cables out of the garbage and told employees to use them. Some employees described safety protocols that faded as production pressures grew on its trademark electric pickup. Rivian says its safety performance is better than its industrial peers. The German car industry's bid to take the electric vehicle crown from Tesla has veered off course with stumbles for Volkswagen and Mercedes-Benz. VW plans to delay its key Trinity flagship EV project by at least two years after software fumbles, calling into question its ambitious $54 billion EV rollout touted as the industry's biggest. That's according to a person familiar with the situation who spoke with Bloomberg News. Mercedes cut prices on its flagship EQS EV in China by about $33,000 after misjudging the market. The developments are a red flag for the industry that is pouring unprecedented funds into the transition with ambitious timelines. While carmakers the world over grapple with the switch away from combustion engines, the stakes are highest for Germany's manufacturers accustomed to commanding a premium based on cutting-edge technology and luxurious trims. Meanwhile, the used car market perseveres, but industry experts warn the conditions that allowed dealers to sell with ease and vigor in 2021 no longer exist. 
2023 is shaping up to be a year of caution and diligence on the used car side, according to dealers, analysts, and industry leaders who convened at Used Car Week in San Diego last week. Some are bracing for what could become severe destruction of used car demand, but they say it has not yet reared its head. Still, speculation of recession and signs of a more prolonged slowdown are pushing players in the market to tighten their belts and get ready. That's already happening at traditional dealerships and at online upstarts such as Carvana, which last week said it was cutting 1,500 jobs, or 8% of its workforce. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, this news of the rail workers' largest union voting down that contract, talk a little bit not only about the implications for the auto industry, but the timing of this. Yeah, it's a strange situation because all of the unions have to vote to ratify the agreement. And this is uh, not even the first, but it's another big one. So it's uh, it's complicated. And, you know, the stakes are really significant for the auto industry. We're really seeing production pick back up, getting pretty close to normal levels of output uh, at a time of year when everybody's normally humming right along. And rail is just such an important part of distributing vehicles, you know, from the factory out toward the stores where then they can get put onto trucks and taken to the individual spots. So a lot at stake on the industry and uh, the economy at large. And it's not just direct implications for the industry, but what does this mean for the economy in general, which could put an even bigger question mark on the auto industry? Yeah, we don't want to get uh, too freaked out about something (laughs) that hasn't happened yet. A lot of chances to avoid disaster. But yes, the stakes are very high because if you you make it hard for people to buy goods, make it hard for restaurants to stay open, there's just going to be a lot less demand for new vehicles or even used. Well, coming up on Daily Drive, Hyundai Global COO Jose Munoz joined publisher Casey Crane on stage at last week's Automotive News Congress in L.A. We'll hear that conversation next on Daily Drive. Some dealers say it's not worth taking a trade they won't retail. They say if it doesn't fit their brand, they'd rather pass. Cox Automotive says now you can easily see the profit in any trade and never risk losing that new customer. Introducing Upside by Cox Automotive, the only way to wholesale that turns that old wisdom upside down. Every vehicle you place in the Upside digital auction is backed by our guaranteed minimum price, so you never risk a loss. And when a vehicle sells for more than our guarantee, you keep the lion's share of the upside. It's a -a one-of-a-kind auction that gives you an alternative to accepting wholesale losses. And it's built on the principles of the country's top performing wholesale sellers, so your vehicles have the best possible chance to get bids and get bought. Dealers taking advantage of Upside's game-changing policies are already saying yes to more trades and making more money, all while never risking a loss. Sound too good to be true? Visit TakeTheUpside.com now to learn more. Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance. Hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Jake Neer. Hyundai showed off its EV prowess at the Los Angeles Auto Show last week with the debuts of the Hyundai Ioniq 6 sedan and Genesis X convertible concept. 
But the automaker's rapid U.S. growth is also driven by transitional vehicles, such as hybrids. That's according to the automaker's global COO, Jose Munoz. Hyundai Motor Group, including Kia, is the number two electric vehicle seller in the U.S. behind Tesla. But Munoz tells automotive news publisher Casey Crane that it is also rapidly growing market share and delivering record profit to dealers by providing a wide range of future-forward vehicles. Munoz spoke with KC on Friday at the Automotive News Congress in Los Angeles. Here's a piece of their conversation. You guys see EVs not as the only solution to reducing carbon emissions and helping with climate change. Can you expand about that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. So um, at Hyundai, we uh, thought about how do we navigate the transition, right? And then we see uh, this period as a transition period based on the information we get from our customers. Not all customers are ready to uh, transition to EV in just one shot. They uh, think, hey, what is going to happen if I run out of a battery, if I cannot find a charger, or if it doesn't work when I find it? So then we decided to invest in hybrid, plug-in hybrid and electric at the same time. So what we've seen is that uh, this has given us a great uh, conquest tool to bring customers uh, from other brands, because we, we were smaller, that uh, they think about uh, the future, but they want to be sure in terms of uh, range, etc. And we have seen how those uh, that jump into hi- uh, hybrid, plug-in hybrid, they move into EV later. So at the same time, based on the experience that we got uh, with this uh, Exxon project in Switzerland and some projects that we're running also with the California government and others uh, soon to be announced, for applications uh, which take um, more than maybe 500 miles, EV is not the solution and also for a heavy duty. So we believe that uh, in, the, in the future, the commuting, uh, the passenger car and typical SUV will handle with um, EV technology, but for very long distances and heavy duty transportation, and perhaps for some of the sectors that today are trying to to be developed with EV, like maybe uh, pickups, uh, hydrogen could be a better solution. What about police cars? Uh, Definitely better. (laughs) We're getting the real downtown LA (laughs) feel in here. So you showed a lot of slides. Uh, I mean, it's incredible the amount of investment that's happening uh, from the Hyundai Motor Group. Billions of dollars in plants in the southern U.S., obviously in Korea as well. IRA was a bit of an issue. How are the revisions coming, if you could speak on that? Yes. Well, this was um, a kind of um, really a big disappointment for us, right? So we embrace fully Biden's administration uh, policy in terms of developing the EV infrastructure, the EV world, etc. So uh, not only we embrace it, but we said, hey, it is the time for us to uh, really invest big in the U.S. You know very well, uh, Korea is a highly unionized country. So any investment that uh, goes outside of Korea, it, it is really scrutinized by the unions, by the government, etc. But I think our company did a great job to explain how it was the time for the company to become even more international and then bet on the United States as the future important hub for the company. So we did that and then announced $10 billion. And this is May 
and this is before uh, President Biden. And here we are in August, and then all of a sudden, uh, our cars don't qualify without transition, uh, without any notice, without anything. Well, the feeling was not pleasant, <laughs> so uh, we decided to obviously inform immediately the Korean government. We inform also the U.S. authorities, uh, the, the different states where we operate, that, hey, this was really a, a big uh, hiccup, a big uh, blow to our, our strategy. And then, uh, for those who don't know, when you uh, make uh, an investment like ours in Georgia, Obviously, Georgia gives us some support, some incentives, but they're subject to the company achieving certain goals. And the goals are typically linked to number of employees, which are linked to the volume. So all of a sudden, if you don't achieve your goals, yeah. then not only you don't get the incentive, but you get a penalty. So then we get hit twice. We don't get the incentive from the federal government we get a maybe penalty from, from the state. So this is very, very serious. So we've discussed with um, many members of the US administration. And to be honest, uh, first, they've been very um, agreeable to the discussion, which we really appreciate. And they've been very sympathetic and, and understanding. And uh, even uh, within the different uh, departments, well, there, there are different opinions about whether uh, IRA, you know, has been a, a great thing to do, but uh, created some collateral damage, which, by the way, is not only for Hyundai, but it's also impacting basically uh, everyone in the industry. We will keep uh, working actively, politely and professionally with the U.S. administration and the different departments to try to uh, find a good solution, which for us would be, uh, for example, to get a, a, a transition uh, for uh, the three years that it takes to build the assembly plant and the, and the battery in joint venture plant. And then how do you guys uh, try and plan out? The IRS isn't exactly forthcoming with what vehicles will qualify. How do, how do you build a business plan when you're relying on some information from the United States government? Well, the whole business plan, we need to scratch and then start all over again. So what we've done, all manufacturers have been given some a period of time to submit our questions and our comments. We did that. We got feedback that we were very clear, very comprehensive. So we've done that. Now we're waiting uh, to, to hear from the uh, Department of Treasury on um, uh, what the final decision is, try to understand, and then based on that, we will have to review all, all our numbers. They're coming. I know. So somebody's in trouble. We talk about products for a minute. We'll shift gears over. You know, we talk to a lot of dealers. Some would like to see some bigger pickup products, even larger than the Santa Cruz. Are there any other white spaces that you guys are looking at? I know you're making up a lot of headway in, in retail and share. Anything else we can look forward to? Well, the simple answer is yes, we're looking at everything, but we're trying to do first things first. So I think yesterday, everybody could see that we're trying to develop a comprehensive portfolio of uh, products, which are mainly passenger cars and SUVs in the EV territory under the Ionic brand. Not only we presented yesterday Ionic 6, but I mentioned that the next one coming up is going to be the Ionic 7, which is going to be uh, a bigger uh, SUV. So uh, having said that, let me tell you that we are very pleased with how Santa Cruz has done. It was like an experiment 
and ended up being quite a good experiment. So consumers love it. The performance of the vehicle is fantastic. Uh, we cannot produce enough. It's very profitable. So, hey, uh, there are a lot of um, uh, good, good indications that um, uh, we should probably consider maybe developing uh, other pickups in the future. It's not been decided, but definitely uh, we are, we are uh, looking at opportunities. I don't, I don't see ourselves competing in the full-size pickup, but um, maybe a kind of a, a lifestyle pickup, a kind of the territory of a one-ton pickup, it could, it could be considered, but definitely not decided. It's a very political answer. Randy, I'm going to ask you after this. Um, okay, so speaking of the Ionic brands, uh, you know, again, this morning we were talking about battery efficiency, uh, the cost of manufacturing, EVs. When you think about the outlook over the next couple of years, EVs and affordability, Mary Barra came out this morning saying by 25, she'll have profitable EVs. How are you guys attacking that? Well, I'm, I'm glad they will uh, get profitable EVs by 2025. We, we have profitable EVs now. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so just to just to tell you the truth, there are definitely chal challenges uh, with the EV uh, because of the cost of raw material, also the newly developed platforms. In our case, we've been very public uh, about it. So the Ionics are all built under the same platform, the EGMP platform, so which gives us a lot of economies uh, of scale. And then uh, basically uh, the, the EVs are profitable. They could be more profitable and we're working on them, but uh, they're profitable uh, so far. And we're working diligently in the different, with the different departments, with procurement, with manufacturing, R&D, to ensure that the next generation of EV platform not only is more efficient, so, but it's also lower cost we can secure more um, profits as well because the future, as you know, is going to be at least 50% EV by 2030. Jose Munoz is global COO of Hyundai. He spoke with publisher Casey Crane at the Automotive News Congress in L.A. If you missed the event, you can still get on-demand access under the Events and Awards tab on our homepage at autonews.com. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Jake Neer. You can get the latest news on electrification, rail worker contract negotiations, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for my conversation with David Christ, Group Vice President and General Manager of the Toyota Division at Toyota Motor North America, about the new Prius Hybrid. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.